What's up, folks? Um, uh, thank you for hitting the high notes. It's Utah Jazz Talk. It's me, Hutran, uh, and we are so close, so close to the NBA season starting. Um, I'm going to bring in Jared Barker here. Jared, let's get started, man. Hey, who? How you doing, man? Doing all right, man. We're 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 like we're like a week away. We're we're recording this on Wednesday, October sixteenth. So, uh, we're getting ready for the Jazz and Blazers, the final preseason game, uh, for the Jazz, and uh, it's it's been quite a ride. But we're about to get to uh, you know, the the real season. It's about to start. All no more off season. No more speculation. They're gonna put it on the floor now. <laughs> I said woohoo. <laughs> All right, Jared. Well, guess what, Jared? Um, uh, we're bringing back, we're bringing on, bringing back, bringing on a guest here. He is the host of the Jabber Jazz podcast. It's a statistics based podcast for the fans. Um, please welcome Mr. Adam Bushman. Who, Jared? Thank you guys so much for having me on. Pleasure to be working with you guys. Excited, stoked out of my mind to be talking some jazz basketball. And as much as I will try to help myself, I don't think I'll be able to. We're going to get into some stats. Gotcha. That's good because I'm uh, Jared. You know, I don't about Jared, I don't want to speak for Jared, but I'm not a huge stats guy. I'm more of a narrative guy, but I like to mix both worlds together. Oh, David Locke over here. What the heck? <laughs> Boy, if I could be a tenth of that, man, I, I'd consider myself a, had made it. <laughs> all right well um uh, so uh let's uh, go to adam first let's learn a little bit about adam uh you you have a jabber jazz podcast tell us a little bit about it and um, how you became a jazz fan yeah so i i consider myself a, a lifelong jazz fan uh i credit most of that to my grandpa uh, watching some games at, at his house and everything um but my father actually owned a radio station down in Southern or I guess central Utah. And he actually carried the radio broadcast for the jazz back in the late nineties on his radio station. And so from an early age, he actually taught me to say um, jazz basketball. So it was kind of a a neat little thing that uh, I kind of shared with my dad. Um, And so since then um, I really followed the basketball. Uh, I really loved Utah jazz 360.com. Uh, back in the, the 2010s and, and early, uh, or I guess late 2000s, where everybody could kind of you know make posts and, and comment and, and a lot of things there. It was a really unique site. So I loved contributing there. And then as I've kind of become more an adult, I've had the opportunity to, uh, in my career, have some experience with uh, data science and data analytics. And so I've started transitioning a little bit of that to understanding the game of basketball a little bit more and a few years ago my family you know said hey why don't you start you know talking about and writing a bit more about the utah jazz i mean you guys they kept saying that i talk their ear off all the time about the jazz so that's kind of how the jabber jazz podcast and now our website uh, jabberjazz.com started and now we do videos and articles and all sorts of stuff all about the Utah Jazz, and man, we love it, and I love it, and I appreciate everybody for following and uh, and loving what we do. Awesome, man! That's that's exciting. So, uh, with a last name like Bushman, what's what's your relation to this uh, Bushman that plays tight end at BYU? We do have a distant relationship. Um, I actually oh, met him. You're like a little brother. Oh. Unfortunately, no. Oh, man, if I could be that tall, geez. <laughs> 
Um, so we are a distant relation. I actually met him uh, down in South America when I was doing LDS mission. Uh, we kind of connected that way. Uh, lo and behold, he didn't. Yeah, lo and behold, he did not mention he was a tight end or would be a tight end for BYU. Um, but when I got back uh, a few months later, uh, watching um, the or, or following training camp for for BYU found out that Matt Bushman was, you know, a really promising tight end. And I thought, Oh, wow. I guess I uh, met that dude in South America. Didn't even realize it. All right, Adam. Uh, that, that means you're like our third most famous guest on the podcast. Then I think, wow, that's, that's a big compliment. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get Let's get into the nitty gritty here or, or what they call it. Um, so the jazz have had a few preseason games already. And um, as Jared knows, I like to use the term "roller coaster emotions." Has already started for Jazz fans. Um, we we didn't get to see very much against the with the Adelaide Sixers or whatever they're called, the Australian team. Um, the Jazz didn't run out thirty Sixers. Thirty Sixers. There you go. The the Jazz didn't run out a, a full compliment uh, against them. Um, and then I want to say their next game was against the Milwaukee Bucks, where uh, the Jazz didn't have Rudy, and it didn't look great. Uh, and a lot of Jazz fans were kind of freaking out about um, the Jazz team. Everything seemed to be okay, though, because uh, when they played most of their guys against the New Orleans Pelicans, the Jazz looked fine. Um, and then the game against the Jazz, uh, the Kings, excuse me, which was not televised, so you had to find a legal stream somewhere to watch it. Uh, boy, Jazz, um, uh, they left 70 in the first half, I think. Um, a lot of fans were starting to worry, so, you know, what I saw on Twitter, what I saw on social media from jazz fans were after the Bucks game. Oh man. Like, you know, we, we just got murdered. We, uh, we didn't really play as well as we hoped. We missed a lot of shots. Uh, we dismissed a lot of uh, the jazz, missed a lot of shots again. And then went to the Pelicans, the Pelicans game where everything, was, everything was fine with the world. The ball was moving. Defense was playing. The only reason the jazz lost is because Zion and the, the rest of the starters played and the, in the fourth quarter and the jazz didn't, but then against the Kings, I see a lot of fans freaking out still against the Kings. And so my question is to you guys is, is, is it just preseason? Do we need to pay attention to preseason? How do you guys feel about the Jazz after uh, these uh, preseason games? Uh, go ahead and start, Adam. Yeah, I, I think when we focus on on details with the preseason, I think that's where we get into a little bit of trouble. Uh, if we look at more macro examples, I think those are a little more translatable to the season. One macro example or trend from the preseason that I think is totally indicative of what we'll see in the regular season is that the jazz system works. The ball movement, the spacing, the shooting – it's going to work because even against Milwaukee, the Jazz, though they didn't make shots, they got them. And that's even without Gobert, right, who is essential to everything the Jazz want to do. Then we see against New Orleans and Sacramento, while the defense was suspect, the offense was humming like never before. Uh, against Sacramento, I think we all would say that that they had kind of a bad night on offense, but actually, if you look at some of the, the offensive ratings – Jazz actually had what would have last year been considered an average NBA night. And we're sitting there talking about how it might be a, a little bit of a bad offensive night. So I think the the new the new norm for the Jazz is that our offense is going to be killer good 
that the jazz system works. And now we have the talent to match the system. I think that's one macro example from the preseason that is definitely going to translate to regular season action. And I think uh, with our defense, like we've always been the staple of the jazz, not enough offense and just stifling defense. And I think it, you can't, it can't be understated that like we have new pieces coming in. Uh, I mean, our defensive system might not be what everyone's accustomed to. So there's going to be an adjustment period. And I don't know how much of, you know, obviously the, the drop from favors playing the four defensively to Bojan or, you know, whoever's at the fourth spot. Royce is, you know, he's not as big as favors, so he can't affect the game the same way. But he's, he's a good defender. You know, we know Royce is one of the best defenders on the team. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's people playing different roles. So there's going to be an adjustment period. And I, I don't think it's going to – I don't think it's going to be the end of the world for, you know, for us to see some adjustment. It's just – it is what it is. I mean, this is fluid. It's all fluid. Quinn's going to try different things, new lineups. And we're going to see how it goes. Yeah, Jeff Green um, uh, came out say and said today uh, after a practice, I believe that there's there's a, just e- even just like having Rudy back there is an adjustment because how many teams out there have someone like Rudy? Not not many, if any, really. And uh, so they, obviously they're learning, and we all Jazz fans all know that Quinn's system is very complex, and so it does take a while. Like they, they've had training camp, they've had a few preseason season games, and you're not even going 100 percent in preseason games, so that's you know. I, I can see why the defense didn't look great, but um, as are you guys are saying is um, what you guys are saying is we don't need to worry about it that much. Um, it's a little concerning, but not that much concerning. Um, Adam, uh, go ahead. I'm with you. Who I think you're what you're saying is basically, especially with preseason and just the NBA in general, it's more offensive centric, kind of the way that Adam was framing things, and so. The real takeaway from preseason is, yeah, the offense is coming, which is good. That should translate to the regular season. Yeah, I, I saw somebody on Twitter give a very good take about um, defense in the and preseason is that defense is a lot about effort, and in the preseason you're not giving all that effort because you don't want to get hurt. I mean, it's it's a it's a meaningless game, so maybe the defense looks bad because we're not seeing the 100 percent effort you would see game one of the NBA season, game 10 of the NBA season, game 80 of the NBA season. Uh, Adam, on your last podcast, uh, you even talked about, like, Jared brought up Royce O'Neal playing the four, maybe, or his defensive ability. You brought up the um, the Raptor, uh, the 538 uh, new Raptor um, statistic, and you talked about it extensively on your podcast. You want to give us a little preview of what you you said? Yeah, yeah, sure. So 538, which is widely considered an, an awesome uh, analytics and, and statistical uh, website that, that extends into politics, uh, current events, and, and even the sporting world, came out with a statistic to replace what has long been their statistic of Carmelo, uh, which this new system called Raptor uh, will the biggest difference from what it, it used to do with Carmelo is now they're going to use some of the play tra- tracking data. So what players do in transition, what players do in isolation, uh, what players do on drives. 
so they're going to factor some of this in with the traditional on-off metric. You know how how positive are you when you're on the floor, or how positive is the team on the floor when you are with them versus off? And so they combine some of those things and make some adjustments. And when we were looking at this on the last podcast, there's an offensive Raptor statistic and a defensive Raptor, similar to how ESPN does their uh, real plus offensive real plus minus and defensive real plus minus. And the Utah Jazz came out with some some really incredible uh, players on the team on the defensive Raptor. Royce O'Neal was in the 70th percentile or better. I believe Donovan Mitchell was as well, Rudy Gobert. And so I think the Jazz have the talent, enough talent defensively to be a good defensive team. I think as as Jared and, and uh, who pointed out, it's really about how much time it's going to take for the Jazz to adjust, figure it out. Jeff Green talked about the terminology. Bojan Bogdanovic talked about the feel, you know, the basketball feel when he's on the court. And so I think the Jazz have enough talent with their system to be a good defensive team. And I think it's about taking that time. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of how the Jazz make some in-game adjustments in the preseason against the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings. The Jazz allowed a 134 defensive rating in the first half. I mean, really, really brutal. But in the third quarter, when the Jazz are still playing their full rotation, they only allowed a 98 defensive rating. So that gives me some, I would say that gives me some hope that the Jazz really are figuring it out, that there is some of that effort that you talked about who that um, isn't there quite at the start of games and that probably comes back a little bit later and that we'll probably see more of in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, the Jazz, uh, so w- what we're trying to tell the audience here is that like, hey, let's not freak out. You know, Again, it is just preseason. You can get some merit from preseason but you know when, when you're worrying about losing to sacramento in the preseason game it the loss you can learn a lot from the loss and so um boy poor carmelo adam uh first somebody gets cut by the rockets and then 538 cuts carmelo that's pretty bad a little brutal um <laughs> they what's interesting is that they use all their metrics or they name them all after um after people or teams, so this Raptor, they say, is an honor of the Toronto Raptors winning the, the NBA championship. They had a defensive metric that was named Draymond um, after who they claim is the best uh, defensive center, how or the best defensive player, though I've seen over the past three years that's actually Rudy Gobert, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, so should we campaign? Hashtag, I'm going to rename Draymond the Gobert. Um, I think we, um, we might have to get there after this season. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you talked about it on your podcast. Jared and I have kind of touched on it on ours here, uh, hitting the high notes that as as much as we'd love to see Rudy Gobert as a three-time defense, defensive player of the year, um, my personal thought is um, uh, voter fatigue is going to set in, and it's going to be hard for Rudy Gobert to grab that third that third uh, title. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to have to be so much better than everyone. Um, in order to overcome that voter fatigue, I think it's a real thing. Like you mentioned DNP rest. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I think I'm uh, I, the the only one that I can think of. Uh, I think I looked this up, you know, a couple months ago. Was Dwight Howard was the only three time, uh, three peat winner of the Defensive Player of the Year award, and that was just the 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 era he played in. Plus, Dwight was really dominant, and um, he was a good offensive player. He had a great name. Voters voters were into that, you know. So, if uh, even if Rudy is really great this season but not like exceptionally great. It's going to be hard for voters to vote for him for that third defensive player of the year award. But that's, that's, you know, that's way down the line. We're still not even at game one. We're still, we're at game negative one for the, the season right now. Um, yeah. And I, I think we might see Draymond really make a push this year, especially with the, the focus is going to be on him and the Steph Draymond pick and roll. And then we're going to have to see him play really well defensively just to, you know, keep the Warriors afloat with, Oh, they've got like Alonzo Kinney in there. Kinney. I don't know. My Warriors fan friends are just like, oh, McKinney is not good. Like, so. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're going to get it. We're going to get a Jared right here in a minute. Cause so we talked about the, the drama from jazz Twitter about the preseason games, but that's not the only drama that we saw this week from jazz Twitter. Um, a few days ago, it sounds like a Mioni and a Dante Exum. Uh, got into a little, uh, as it was described as a kerfuffle in practice. Um, and it sounds like XM got in the face of, uh, you know, he, he took a hard foul, um, got up, got in the face, had to be, had to walk out of the gym. And when it first came down, man, there was a lot of uh, fire from both sides, uh, defending XM, attacking XM. Um, and it, re- it really just must, must be like one of these stories that are like, hey, let's get the season started because. It's a non-story, but there's nothing else to talk about right now. And um, but I know the media Jared, saw it, so it's a story. Yeah, the media saw it, and Jared is um, uh, on the on the council uh, of Exum Island, and so uh, <laughs> Adam, um, what were your thoughts about the the? I love using the word kerfuffle. It's just fun to say. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear Jared preach on this topic. But before we get to Jared's uh, rant. You know, my thought is a little bit that, man, poor Dante, um, I think he's frustrated as all get out right all get out right now. As frustrated as we jazz fans are, especially those who who feel as though, you know, Dante Exum not that is getting injured on purpose, but that that he's somehow delaying things. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly the uh the thought of, you know, the the opposing side of jazz nation but as frustrated as i think we are with how dante's career has gone i think he's even more frustrated and i think it was evident to where he's going up against a guy who you know barely has a guaranteed contract i mean we'll be on the team but i mean is gonna see far less time than dante exum even if dante misses some time this year and he's going up against this guy and because of the hard foul, and, and I think we heard through the grapevine, maybe from uh, Ben Anderson, that uh, Mieoni and his teammate in the two-on-two, uh, um, Kyle Collinsworth, were actually kind of giving it to Dante and, and his teammate. So I kind of think that he's going up against this guy who you know, is barely on the roster, but is kind of giving them the business end. And Dante, I mean, clearly still limited. I mean, he's not participating fully in practice yet because the Jazz haven't given him the go-ahead from a, a balance standpoint and, and things of that nature. 
And so he's clearly still limited. I think that it kind of pushed him over the edge to, you know, not be able to dominate this opposing player who kind of barely got on the roster in a sense from his mind when Dante's, you know, been on an NBA roster for his sixth year now and is still hampered by his injury. I can just imagine the frustration he's feeling. Uh, I can, I don't have a ton of hope for how Dante can contribute uh, big time for the team. That's not to say that uh, I, I would love to be wrong. In fact, I just recently did an article talking about some minor things Dante could do to um, better his chances of becoming a positive contributor for the Jazz. But still, man, I feel for the guy. I would love for him to have an awesome year, and I hope he has a speedy recovery. I think more than anything, it just as frustrated as we are, he's way more frustrated. Uh, I love hearing that story about um, uh, Mia Oni and uh, Cosworth um, uh, taking it to Exum and whoever his partner was because it just reminds me of, uh, like, I imagine Mia Oni going full Jimmy Butler, grabbing the two, saying, like, I can't play with these guys, and then being the starters. <laughs> oh, peak Jimmy. Yeah. All right, Jared. Well, um, uh, you know, Mr. Mister Councilman of uh, Exum Island, um, how do you feel about the, the drama that occurred with uh, Dante on Jazz? social media this week well let me start with this let me start with this okay so this thing breaks from ben anderson and and uh andy larson uh, and and then you know the very next day quinn echoed my sentiments exactly quinn is basically like this kind of thing happens over every day the media saw this time that's why it's a story and uh you know, okay, I'm sitting here over. I'm sitting over here going, you know, I see. I see these people reacting. I see a post that people, you know, screenshot, retweet that says Dante Exum uh, was so mad because you know everything's good. You know, he's just gonna get hurt again, and uh, of course he's mad because he's gonna get hurt again. Blah blah blah. You know, it it actually it went it went into Dante way more than that, and it was like celebrating his potential injury, and, and I was man, I was pissed. I'm just like, what is wrong with people that they they want to celebrate a, a guy that's on the Jazz? Like, are these people even Jazz fans? They want to celebrate him getting hurt. I'm like, I mean, do you know how incredibly? Uh, sadistic you have to be to celebrate a player on your own team getting hurt. I, I mean, to me, that's like mental illness. Like that's a form of mental illness. Let's, let's cheer against our own team. Let's hope that, you know, let's hope that Donovan gets hurt and Rudy gets hurt. And then, you know, just, we have like the worst possible team so we can have the number one pick, you know, something crazy like that. I, I don't know what's with people that they want to cheer on injuries that they want to, uh, they want to rip into Exum when it's like Adam said, he's the most frustrated of anyone that he, ha- he, he's the one who's had to live through this. He's the one who's had to rehab these injuries. He, how can you be like this guy? Oh yeah, sure. Maybe. No, he's not competitive. He doesn't want to play. He just wants to collect a paycheck. I mean, would he have resigned with the jazz? I guess maybe. Oh yeah. They offered the most money. It's like, come on, guys. Are you serious? Are, are you really serious right now? Are, are you serious, Clark? Like, what is wrong with people, brother? 
And this is uh, this, <laughs> this uh, echoes a sentiment uh, from friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, uh, Dan Clayton wrote another article about um, you know what's like to cheer for Exum and like how it doesn't really cost much mental gymnastics for people if you're a jazz fan just to say yeah we're going to support a guy. Uh, but Dante Exum is very polarizing. Um, after the story broke, it kind of made me like introspect because I've always said that I've I've been on the the island, but. I don't know if I'm like I, I don't know what kind of property I have on the island because you're I, on the island. You're I, on the yeah. island. <laughs> I just like I was like I like XM, um, but it's because my expectations for XM are no longer top five. Like when he was drafted, loved it. Uh, we got a top five uh, pick. He was supposed to be a top five prospect that year, and it hasn't really panned out the way that anyone thought it would. Or well, I mean. Maybe some people thought it would because he, he would draw. And I think it's I think it's unreasonable to think of him as just like top five pick. You remember that draft? Like Marcus Smart was picked right after him, and he's one of the only other really solid contributors from that year, besides you know people that were picked before Dante. So like that draft, it's expectations, you know. Yeah, because and there's people outside of Utah, outside of Jazz Nation, that worried about XM too. Uh, when I was Asked to be on a couple podcasts this offseason. XM was a name that came up. And um, a lot of people have already labeled him as a bust. And I was like, well, that's not fair. I mean, he's he's still a rotational player. He's He should be a pretty good... Uh, his Draymond, uh, Adam... On, I, I heard on Adam's last podcast on Jabber Jazz that XM's uh, Draymond rating is really high. He's a great on-ball defender. We can see that. We saw it a couple years ago oh, yeah. uh, with the Houston Rockets series. Oh, um, dude, everybody was talking about him that series. They were like, wow, right. he slowed down Harden. And so, like, having XM as a as a Swiss Army player that can, you know, play and maybe guard positions one through three, I thought was very, uh, very um, useful for the Jazz. And a lot of people say that XM's overpaid. And for me, it's like, well, you know, that, that $9 to $11 million salary is an average rotational player salary. I I think that's what XM is. I don't think he's a superstar in the making. I think he is best, you know, a, a good seventh or eighth guy, maybe a Bruce Bowen, Tony Allen type defender uh, that has a chance to attack the basket. That's something that those two defenders didn't have. Uh, he may not have the three point shot, but XM has a lot of uh, has a lot of skills, and if he becomes a really great defender. I mean, nine to eleven million dollars is. Look at Andre Ugudala. People are waiting and trying to get Andre Ugudala on their team that are trying to make a championship run. If you can get Exum to be to get that kind of level, that, that's that's important. Yeah, I I hope to the high heavens that Dante can can prove some some people wrong. I would I would love to be proven wrong about Dante. Um, you know, I, I question his ability to stay healthy. Um, I, I have used the, the term injury prone. Um, I, I don't know how big of a contributor he'll be this year. Uh, I'm reluctant to, you know, to say that he's going to be playing 25 minutes a line and is, you know, one of our seven best players, that kind of thing. But boy, I would love to be proven wrong. It would be the, the, you know, most sweet defeat possible for me. Um, I, I really have a big hope for Dante, even if um, that hope is a little bit uh, 
in my frame of mind, uh, realistic at this point. But I do think that he needs our support now more than ever. Um, like I said, I think he's the most frustrated player, uh, or the most frustrated with this situation um, of everyone. And though he puts on a brave face for all of the interviews and everything, I have to think that just like every other human, he's wondering in the back of his mind if everything that we're saying about him is right. And um, that kind of puts my heart in a, uh, in a sad place for him. Uh, first off, sweet defeat. Um, bad name. I'm calling it right now. Uh, yeah, Adam, you're right. Um, just let's see. I mean, it's one again. Dan Clayton talked about just like it doesn't take that much mental gymnastics for Jazz fans to just you know cheer for a guy, uh, giving him con- like he does need the confidence too. Like I'll, I'll, he hears it, he hears the noise, he sees the tweets about him, um, he hears the fans talk about. It. He he knows that he's polarizing. Um, boy, if he just had, he could just have a good year this year. Stand man, I, hope he, I hope he's not looking at his mentions, man. This is gonna be brutal. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, we we know NBA players do it. We we know they have we know that they have people who who look at it uh, that are closer to them that look at it and try to shield them for them. And, and they're human. That's it is what it is. So, um, but the best thing for him to do is to come out uh, when he's healthy because uh, he's a scratch for tonight's game too. Still rehabbing a. His injury, so he will not be playing as the Portland Trailblazers in, in the final. Um, we don't know his timetable. Don't know if he'll be ready um, by season start. So, again, just come out. Hopefully, healthy. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. And if he helps, you know, you know what changes people's minds very quickly: winning. If Dante Exum can help the Jazz win games, all that noise goes away. Yeah, and the, the most important thing here, I think, to remember here is we don't want to see him rush back. Right, right. Yeah. We, we, want him, we want him here not just for a good time, for a long time, for the long haul type thing. That's a good song. Not, not just here for a good time. All right. So um, uh, for recording reasons, we have to take a break right now. I don't want to do it, but we kind of have to. Uh, we'll take a break right now. I'll probably play some sort of ad in the middle to break it up. And we'll come back, and we'll um, uh, we'll still talk with Jabber Jazz here, uh, talk about some podcasting stuff, rotations, some more fun stuff. So um, uh, stay tuned. Welcome back, folks. Thank you again for hitting the high notes. Um, uh, it's a uh, Utah Jazz talk uh, again. It's me, Hootran, and uh, as you heard, we need some five star reviews. Uh, a little inside baseball. Five-star reviews are not only a great way for us to interact with fans, but um, it's also great to help us in the Apple iTunes Store or Apple Podcast Store, they call it now, Google Podcasts, all at Spotify. Uh, more five-star reviews. And if you write reviews out, it's even better. Um, so, yeah, just go. Please, I'm gonna leave us a five-star if you love us. Leave us a five-star review. Um, uh, write, write what you like about us. We'll read it on air. We'll get you entered to win some tickets and stuff. So um, this episode, we're joined by... Jared Barker, as always, go to distance 49, 49, nice. Uh, Jared, your 49ers uh, have, are not going to lose the rest of the year. No, 5-0, sucker free. <laughs> 49ers playing very well. Um, and we're also joined by Adam Bushman. He's the host of the Jabber Jazz podcast. It's a great analytical, uh, analytically based podcast. Um, Adam, why Jabber Jazz? NFL tight end. 
future NFL tight end Adam Bushman, um, uh, uh, some sort of second cousin to uh, BYU uh, tight end, I guess, something Bushman in BYU. Why did you choose Jabber Jazz as your title? Well, before we get to Jabber Jazz, uh, I, I have been looking to trade for um, the – 49ers tight end uh, Kittle and it's not going so well. Um, everybody is incredibly high on him, so I don't think you, I'm going to get him for my fantasy team. I think you missed the window on him. Um, uh, yeah, the window bro. was like two like after week three. Uh, he had two or three weeks bad bad in a row. Yeah, that's when you had to go get him. That's right. Well, even then, like he's he's widely considered to be the new, uh, I guess, the next iteration points wise of uh, uh, Gronk. So. Yeah, I mean, and so we'll do a little fantasy football talk here. Like, for instance, uh, I have about an hour to accept the trade um, that I tweeted out to my to uh, people. It was someone offered me Joe Mixon and Calvin Ridley for Devontae Freeman, and so I I pulled a lot of places because I thought that's a slam dunk, you know, Joe Mixon uh, plus I get Calvin Ridley for Devontae Freeman. I'm selling high on Freeman and buying low on Mixon. That's, you know, that's what you do. It's, it's, uh, as Chris Harris would say, it's how you play poker. It's how you play stocks. You you sell high, you buy low, you know? And, um, Isn't but, Mixon, like, behind Chubb, though? Or J- no, uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. He's on and he's, ha- he's just having an awful Sorry, year. I'm mixing that, I'm mixing that awful, like, uh, full division together. Except right, 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 right. <laughs> and so... Yeah, um, who, where are you in your league, uh, ranked-wise? So this one, uh, I'm three and three, but I feel pretty good. I, I had some bad losses. I lost to uh, Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins week one by one point. Like, oh, those guys man. went for like 80, you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, those guys were insane. Uh, I, ha- I had Alvin Kamara, and he hasn't performed great, but he's kept me afloat. Mark Ingram has been great. Uh, I've had Melvin Gordon, which I thought I wasn't going to get to week 10. He's here now, so I hadn't even used Devontae Freeman. I thought it was a slam dunk trade, but I put it out there, and people are very into what's happening the last one or two weeks. And Devontae Freeman's played very well the last two weeks, so which is why I was like, you know, I can, I can sell him now, sell him high. And I don't know if I can get a better offer than Joe Mixon and Calvin Ridley. And so, Adam, when you talked about trying to get George Kittle, I was like, well, I, you missed the window. Like, he's had two good games in a row. People are really high on him again. And so before, like, I think after week three, if you offered, uh, boy, uh, Zach, or not Zach, or, I'm sorry. Uh, if you offered, uh, Andrews from the the Ravens, Mark Andrews. You might have got him, or you could offered uh, Chris Godwin. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's too too much. I don't know if Chris Godwin. I don't know. <laughs> but I think I think the chance to buy low on George Kittle is gone. Yeah, it, I mean, I honestly would be willing to pay a premium now. Um, I've constructed my roster and got lucky in the draft to have gotten some guys in the later rounds who are doing pretty well. But uh, I mean, the guy just wants the wants the moon, and I can't blame him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the uh, tight ends is. Uh, I mean, we, there's five good tight ends right now, and Zach Ertz is like barely top number six. Like you would want to have Ertz on your team, but he hasn't performed very well. I mean, if you don't have you don't have Kelsey, if you don't have Kittle or Andrews, uh, even Darren Waller of the Raiders hasn't have a touchdown yet. And I know I'm missing one guy who's having. Oh, Evan Ingram's having a great year. Uh, Austin Hooper, like it's, it's hard. Tight ends hard. You, you have to like find that one guy, and then you're you're set in that position. So other than that, you're playing tight end roulette for the rest of the season. So that, that's my my recommendation is just try to find the best matchups. It might it might be Everett one week. It might not be. You know, you, you, you take a chance streaming tight ends. That's that's where I'm at right now. But back to your original question: Why Jabber Jazz? 
so my dad uh, is a longtime radio podcaster, uh, mostly dealing in the political realm. And uh, he's got kind of a knack for coming up with uh, with phrases uh, and, and unique names for things. And so at Lagoon, of all places, uh, on a little family outing, we were all throwing out ideas. And he threw out the idea of, um, of Jabber Jazz, you know, jabbering about the jazz. And, and sure enough, a domain was available and uh, it, it all kind of just worked out. But it did take a, a year from that date uh, before we actually were able to launch the podcast and get underway. Yeah, launching launching podcasts like this is one of the this is small minutia. And like when you launch a podcast, because you know you you get the equipment, you get stuff, you try to find things people want. Like I, I am forever grateful for people who want to listen to what I and Jared have to say about the jazz, and it's uh, it's, just, it's nice. And so it just I was like I was like oh I wonder why they came up with that podcast and how they got started. So that's really cool. So uh, Adam, I think you had a question for Jared and I that you wanted to get the second half started with. Yeah, in anticipation of of the Portland Trailblazer versus the Utah Jazz game tonight, it's the last preseason game. Not exactly sure what coach is going to be doing with lineups and with different combinations and and how he'll distribute minutes. But interested to know what are you guys looking for in this game? What uh, what will stand out when all is said and done uh, at the end of the game? Jared, I've talked. I've talked long enough in this podcast. You, you go ahead and answer this one. Looked at those stats, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not just gonna laugh away. Like, oh man, oh, it's in, just in case somebody specific listens to this. <laughs> Jared, Jared goes off on rants, and I have no idea what's going on sometimes. Well, that that, uh, that is actually that is actually to mess with somebody, you know, that's okay. like a, sort of a, like a Mark Hamill's Joker laugh. It's called it's called, like, it's called inside joke. It's in. I was thinking it was in uh, honor of Joker Month. Oh, yeah, ah, there you month. go. Yeah. There you go. All right, Jerry. Well, yeah. So, what are your thoughts about? Well, what what do you hope to see from um, uh, this last preseason preseason well, game? Well, what I'm, I'm what I'm looking to see is kind of a ramp up of uh, you know because the Blazers have kind of in the past they've been a little bit of a matchup problem for us. Um, I'd be interested to see you know our uh, perimeter guys go off a little bit and then you know see how. I mean, because I it is the last preseason game, so we're probably going to see a little more defense defensive effort than the other ones uh so i'd like to see you know to see what we can do to slow down dame and, and cj and uh you know mostly i don't know if you guys know how i feel about Whiteside, but that that whole go bear white side thing like early on in their careers it's just like I yeah mean, so it's pretty so, it's pretty clear who the winner of that is now yeah it's that's, that's what i at this point yeah that's what i want to see is uh so the last time I logged on to Twitter was uh, in the year 2016, and today was the first time I've logged into Twitter. So I want to see um, uh, I, this new kid, Hassan Whiteside, Hassan Whiteside um, uh, uh, play against the Gobert, because I hear Whiteside is so much better than Gobert. Yeah, he's going to get a paddling. He's a paddling. <laughs> That's a paddling. <laughs> That's a paddling. Um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, the, the Blazers the Blazers made a lot of good moves in the offseason. Um, um, Simpsons references are on point tonight. It is, and so uh, I mean, I, I know we, we make fun of Whiteside because analytically he doesn't match up against Gobert, and like really, you watch him, you can see that he, you know, Heat fans have already turned on him. A lot of you know, but again, oh, they Chetty, turned on him before he was gone, yeah. man. 
I mean, shiny new toys, right? Whenever someone yeah. gets a shiny new toy, they're like, "Oh my god, he can't, he can't be beat." And so it'll be fun to see. Oh, it's uh, like it's like self-expand being on the the canter train, and then they realize, like, even before preseason's over, they're like, "Oh crap, no, no!" It's like it's like any NBA fan when they get a new toy. I mean, Jazz yeah. fans. I mean, it could go bad for Jazz fans. You know, maybe Bogey and Conley don't work out, but shiny new toys syndrome is is fine. Uh, but this Blazer team, it'll be interesting to see because. I still have them slotted into it as a playoff team because I mean they're they've been the third seed for a couple of years now. They play really well. They've got two cold uh, cold blooded shooters, um, and so yeah. If the Jazz can, I, I do want to see what the Jazz rotation is going to be like. I, I'm interested to see if they put Royce out there and Jeff Green out. There. I want to see the Royce Jeff Green four lineups because uh, I think we're going to see a lot of those this year. Adam, how about you? Yeah, I'm really interested to see what the Jazz do defensively in the first quarter. I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast how first halves have been really brutal defensively for the Jazz, but that they kind of shore it up a little bit in the third quarter. That was That's what we saw against New Orleans and Sacramento. So I'm really interested to see what they do straight away. We heard that after the Sacramento loss that some of the, the beat writers for the Jazz talked about how the Jazz were not pleased with their defensive performance, that Quinn was going to put a little bit more emphasis on that in practices. So I'm interested to see from that perspective uh, what kind of goes on. And then an interesting note is that one of the players Ricky Rubio has, has generally struggled against on, on defense has been Damian Lillard. However, one of the opposite things happens with Mike Conley Damian Lillard has typically struggled against Mike Conley when they've been matched up against each other. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what Mike Conley can do when matched up against Damian Lillard since uh, for his career, he's had some good matchup data against uh, Damian Lillard. So those are two things I'm interested to see for this upcoming game. I'll be interested to see if the Jazz, let's say the Jazz go out there and lose the game again, but they put up a, a defensive effort that looks like the top five defense that uh, jazz fans have become accustomed to, but like maybe the offense struggles. And cause I, I can already see it now that jazz fans will freak out and be like, Oh, when are we ever going to get both the offense and the defense clicking on one night? And I don't know. I, I just, I live for those moments because that's what I do. I, I, I like to see what jazz fans are feeling in those moments. Going over against the NBA teams in preseason, but then going undefeated in the regular season. Oh, yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, the dream. yeah I, I actually think it's better that the Jazz struggle a bit in preseason than, than um, wipe the floor with people. Um, I think that if the Jazz I are... I remember all these, all these different regions where we went undefeated and then sucked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and then, we, you know, we'd start the season slow and we'd have to work through things. I think it's much better that the Jazz, while they're in training camp that they find things that they're doing wrong, that they get to test things out, fail, succeed, and that they have a lot of those things understood by the time the season arrives versus you know, going up against Phoenix and the 36ers and the, the Melbourne team that we have in preseasons past and, and you know, winning every single one by 30 points. In my opinion, those are very, very tough to learn from. And it's tough when you start the season against the Bucks and the Sixers and other teams. It's I think the Jazz are going to be much better off in the long run, having struggled and have having had some resistance in the preseason. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. All right, Adam, and so you talked extensively on at least your last episode about um, uh, how big you think Royce is going to be for this team. You, I, I believe you said that you think Royce, because I'm uh, all offseason, I was asked to be on a couple of podcasts, uh, NBA-related, asking me about what, who I thought the Jazz um, uh, starting five was going to be, who's going to come out the bench. And I had said all along that I thought Jeff Green was going to be the starting four, Joe Ingles coming off the bench. But watching Jeff Green play uh, in the um, offseason has been a real treat. Uh, I think he's been the biggest surprise for Jazz fans and most fans in general because uh, Jeff is another one of these top five picks that didn't become a superstar. But man, he's had a great long career, and this this all comes out to the expectations thing again. Uh, Jeff Green signed a veteran minimum contract. Like honestly, there's no downside to signing guys like Jeff Green to a vet minimum contract because you know all they have to do is outperform a couple million dollars. Uh, and what Jeff Green's been putting on the floor looks like a guy that should be making, you know, eight to nine million dollars uh, as the you know six or seven men off the bench. Yeah, um, at least five to seven somewhere. Right, and so the the reason I kept slotting Jeff Green into the starting lineup it was because I said, oh, Jeff Green could play, could start the game, but only play I don't know twenty ish minutes a game. It's a guy that wouldn't need as many touches out there as Donovan, as Conley, as Bo- Boyan. But now that I've been watching, been watching this, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe we should put Royce in there, get that defensive um, intensity in there, and then have uh, the combination of Boyan, Green, Ingles rotate the three, four spots uh, throughout the game. Because Jeff Green looks like he can be a, a very decent bench scorer for the Jazz. Yeah, I've been advocating for a little while now that Joe Ingles comes off the bench. But one valid. Uh, point or counter argument to that was that hey kind of limits a little bit of what the jazz have uh, from a scoring capability off the bench Uh, whereas you know if you start him and then you quickly sub him or Bojan Bogdanovic out you can bring those guys to play with the second units but what I've been pleasantly surprised with as you said who is that Jeff Green has shown a much a much broader ability to score in a few different ways than I think all jazz fans had realized. And so I think he and Joe Ingles would actually be an awesome tandem off the bench. I do think that when all is said and done at the end of the 82 games, I do think we'll look in the box score or in the season long stats. And we will see next to the names of Joe Ingles and Jeff green that each started about five games each. But I do think at the end of the, or I, I think what should happen at the end of the season is that Royce O'Neal has played or started about 80% of the games. I do think they're unique matchups, possibly against the Lakers, who have uh, a large four in Anthony Davis, or against Dallas Mavericks, who have a large four in Chris Stapps Porzingis, or if when we match up against the Philadelphia 76ers, who will be rolling uh, Joel Embiid. And Al Horford, in those situations, likely the Jazz might default to Jeff Green starting, uh, being a a bigger uh, bodied person. 
but I, I do think the combination of, of Royce O'Neal using fewer possessions than Joe Ingles would, and, and frankly, even Jeff Greenwood, uh, being able to hit the three and then just his elite, elite defense on the perimeter, I think they make him the perfect candidate to start uh, the majority of games at the four position. Yeah, uh, after listening to your podcast and um, uh, just seeing how it's been for the Jazz lately, I was like, you know, it sounds, and it looks like it, that could be it, especially after Tony Jones talked about it. Um, Joe Ingles and uh, Jeff Green, hashtag pocket pass. I hope that's not blasphemous here. Um, but if you don't get that, it's a thing that Joe, Joe Ingles and Derek Favors tweeted at each other so um, about them having a great pick and roll game. Uh, and maybe, I mean, again, uh, uh, when the King's Pulse podcast had me on, they asked about, you know, they're worried about bench scoring. First off, I said the Jazz could rotate Boyan, Ingles, Conley, and Donovan to have maybe two or one of those guys in at all times. Like it wasn't going to be a straight, you know, line switch where all of a sudden those five starters would be out. We'd be running five bench guys for a long Hockey period of time. Subs. Hockey subs. Yeah, right. And so um, uh, I get I get most of my ho- uh, hockey knowledge from the Mighty Ducks movies, everybody. So anyway, <laughs> I went but, to um, a uh, I went to that uh, SLC shootout. So now oh, I, yeah. I feel like I've actually seen hockey. Uh, Jared's now a hockey fan. Uh, <laughs> go go to Jared's uh, Twitter page. Uh, at go to this is forty nine and tell him what team he should be rooting for. Um, for, for hockey? Oh, I'm, I'm a Canadians fan. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. Uh, Adam, Jared. Uh, so, like, I talked about the Jazz players. Uh, Jeff Green, Royce O'Neal, Dante Exum. Um, uh, I missing Joe Ingles. Like, being, like, Swiss Army players. Like, they're Swiss Army knives. They, they can rotate the different spots, defend different spots, play different positions. And I think that's a real benefit for the Jazz to be able to run uh, different rotations out there. They can cut people up. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Joe Ingles is gonna be is in for a spectacular year. I think he he was um, by necessity required to do a little bit too much in a few areas. I think it tired him out a little bit. Uh, I think it um, in the long run uh, was a good thing. I think it allows him to have some really great skills. But I think now this year he'll be able to use those skills in a, a little bit lesser of a, a role uh, without quite as much pressure. And I think he's just going to be masterful at it. The passing, the defense, uh, David Locke on a recent podcast talked about his unselfishness and screening away players to free up Bojan Bogdanovich and Jeff Green. The Swiss army knife is the perfect, uh, is, is the perfect description for Joe Ingles. I think he's going to be, have a masterful year in some of the advanced numbers, he might have like the the second or third best advanced numbers on the team. I, I think that's a distinct possibility. Oh, you you know we stand for Joe Ingles on this podcast. So, uh, Adam, I'm, uh, well, Jared, we we talked about fantasy football earlier. Um, uh, Jared, are you are you going to be joining any uh, fantasy basketball uh, leagues this year? I mean, I did a McCade's Mega League. A couple times, and I lost interest like that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just doing this as a transition because uh, Jabber Jazz has his own. Um, uh, uh, he, it was on his Twitter. You can go check it out. But um, uh, tell us a little bit about the basketball league is that you are setting up, uh, Adam. Yeah, so this is the first annual 
Jabber Jazz Fantasy Basketball uh, League. And it's my first time actually playing fantasy basketball. So invitation for all of you guys to come in and kick my butt. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to keep it, you know, really fun, lighthearted. Um, I want to keep the the teams right around 10 people. Invite everybody who wants to to go to the Twitter feed. We'll be announcing it um, practically every day for the next week. Uh, and then we'll get teams all squared away. But if we have more than uh, 10 people wanting to join, you know, we'll make some arrangements or whatever to get two teams going. But uh, really just kind of put out some feelers a little while back, and it seemed like a couple people were interested. Uh, I want it to be a lot of fun and uh, just have a great opportunity to connect with some more jazz fans on a, on a more unique level, but that's still basketball-related. And I haven't figured out how, but I really want to create a slightly premium um, statistical way to you know value having jazz players on on your uh, fantasy team. I don't know if there's a way to do it, but I think that'd be really fun to where, you know, people are drafting and wanting to get jazz players because they give you a little extra umph or something like that. So uh, invite everybody to, to come play. There's just a little uh, sign up form uh, in the, in the tweet. And uh, we'll be reaching out within the week to get you all set up with a team. Uh, please come join us. It'd be a lot of fun. And the extension and the invitations extend to you, Jared and who? Uh, Adam, I'm, uh, you keep saying your Twitter feed, but you have not told the audience where to find you. Oh, great point, who? At Jabber underscore Jazz. As we say on the podcast, that's Jabber with two Bs, Jazz with two Zs. Again, at Jabber <laughs> underscore Jazz. You can find us on Twitter. We'd really appreciate a follow. If you like things jazz, we talk jazz 100% of the time. Yeah. Uh, my fantasy football uh, strategy is usually to grab as many running backs as possible and worry about almost every other position later. In basketball, it's, I, I don't... I'm like the opposite. Like really the interesting. We'll, we'll have to have a fantasy football thing where we talk about all this. Cause, oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. uh, let, me, let me tell you, my teams um, have really good running backs, and my receivers are fine. Like, I'm, o- I'm okay starting Larry Fitzgerald as a, as a number one. Well, <laughs> we really need to have Spencer Wixom on the pod because I kind of got my uh, – he, he was, like, owning our Dynasty League for, you know, as long as he was in it. <laughs> and he – he puts a premium on wide receivers, and yeah, we can talk about that for a little bit. All right, so uh, as you heard, Jared and I, we're going to join Adam. We're, we're going to do a podcast host basketball league or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, again, everybody, go to uh, our Twitter feed, at Jabber underscore Jazz. Fill out that short uh, Google form. Join us for some fantasy basketball this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, is that where we find you personally, too, or is that... Yeah, so my personal handle is at Adam underscore Bushman. Uh, okay. I don't do as much posting on there. Eventually, um, I'll get around to posting a lot more about you know some other sports, um, getting into a lot of fantasy things, um, and doing some philosophy and stuff there. Um, so if you're interested in some other topics such as that, definitely give me a follow on there. But if you're uh, looking for 100% jazz, then you can't go wrong with at Jabber underscore jazz. Yeah. And, um, uh, this is, uh, ha- having, um, Adam on this podcast is the first step in, um, uh, hitting the high notes and Jabber jazz, uh, making the own Utah jazz podcast network, a podcast just for Utah jazz fans. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> It's all jazz podcasts all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, Adam, do you have any parting words for the audience here? Um, uh, tell us a little, just tell us about your podcast. Tell people where to find it, where to listen, and what they can expect um, when they listen to Jabber Jazz. 
So we tried to design the podcast to be uh, to try to have a good mix of, of data and then some more um, you know qualitative analysis, uh, some more subjectivity. I test things. Um, unfortunately, we default a little bit to you know the statistics of things. So if that's your flavor, definitely come find a, our podcast. Uh, we're on all of the major platforms. We do a podcast every single week, and it drops Saturday morning early. Uh, and so we really pride ourselves on being consistent, having an episode out there for you every week. Um, and the, the other thing we try to do is is try to have a good fan's perspective. So we we pride ourselves on being homers, on uh, over-projecting for the Jazz and, and being very bullish on them. Uh, fandom is, uh, in my opinion, that's what fandom is about. And if you want the objectivity, if you want uh, people who aren't taking sides – there's plenty of content out there from local and uh, national uh, people out there who will give you that kind of content. We think there's not enough uh, Homer jazz content, you know, really subjective fan driven content out there. So that's what we try to do with Jabber Jazz. Uh, yeah. This is of Hootran. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, say, oh boy, he's, he's a Merilium, uh coming at me here. Uh, Jared, first of all, thanks for uh, c- coming on again. Um, number one, congrats to your 49ers. 5-0 and is really, really damn good. Um, I would also like to say... Well, um, I mean, uh, go ahead. we got some other tough matchups coming up, you know, like the Seahawks and right. Green Bay. Right. So that should be... I mean, those should be really fun. Yeah. Uh, Jared and I are going to... We are... I don't know if we bought tickets yet or we are in the process of buying tickets. We're going to go see the Jazz play uh, November 8th. Adam, if you want to come with us. Uh, the more the merrier. Uh, we are going to have um, uh, other podcast guests um, at the game too, and have a meetup afterwards. That's just for us. But if you guys find us out and out about, we'll be there. So, you know what? I think I'm going to take you up on that. That would be loads of fun. Count me yeah, in. Yeah, jazz, jazz bucks. Um, yeah, we'll try to all get seats together then, or something. That would oh be great. boy, jazz bucks. Huh? Um, well, we should have we should have Rudy Gobert for that game, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's probably going to be circled on his calendar. He doesn't want Giannis, uh, you know, getting all the credit for like dunking all over his team. But, yeah, I think Rudy's going to have that one as a, a little bit of a personal vendetta for sure. I I just want to see like I I want to see a game the Jazz of uh, like the 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 game they played last year and the comeback win. Oh, that was amazing. Derek Favors dunking. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is one of my all-time favorite games. I remember watching the whole game. I think it was around the 11, 10 minute mark. My father-in-law was going nuts and was about to storm off. And I remember <laughs> saying, "You know what? If they just put in Donovan and Derek Favors in right now, maybe." And about a minute later, they did, and they just started chipping away. And we were just getting excited and excited, and then. The heroics happened with Donovan, you know, knocking in the three over Giannis. I mean, that's one of my all-time favorite games. Derek dunking over, uh, was it Ursan Ilyasova? Just really, really an incredible game. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that, Donovan? You hear that, um, uh, Rudy? You hear that, George? Because we're going to have George Yang listen to this podcast and tell his, tell his um, uh, teammates, hey, we want that same exact game when we go see it live, so... Uh, Jared, uh, tell people where they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. I don't know. What, what do you want people to find you? I, I don't think I want people come come into my Instagram because I'm, I'm already on private over there. So. <laughs> um, 
but I, I'm at go the distance 49. Uh, yeah, and, and who usually the trademark is always to be like 49. So, all right, all right. I already said nice. You heard earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know why you said nice because that goes with a different number that ends in nine. But well, you know, well, you know, we we probably don't get to say that very much on this podcast. So I have, I take what I can get. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, All right, and, guys. You know, find Hugh Tran at Hugh Tran Superman. <laughs> but I told I keep telling him to change it to Hugh Tran Ladies Man. Why do you keep calling me Hugh? <laughs> yeah, because because it bothers Hugh. <laughs> it doesn't bother me, but like you, <laughs> no, you it doesn't. Show, no. You and a whole show doing really well, then all of a sudden you like, switched it up again. I was like, "What is going on?" Like, I'm just messing with you. Uh, dude. All right, uh, Adam. I'm. Uh, any any thoughts about first game? I'm. Uh, how excited are you about the season? I'm so excited for the season. For a while, I've bemoaned that uh, that we keep favoring, uh, you know, a number one defense over trying to have more of a balance. I think we're going to have an awesome balance this year in offense and defense. And in the latest podcast, I I advocated that, hey, you know what? I think the biggest measure of success that we can have for this regular season is if it's an entertaining season. If it's entertaining, we're going to have the wins. We're going to have the highlights. Uh, We may or may not have some awards, but there's going to be enough of that mix to where it's a successful season. And I think we're going to have one of the more memorable and, and really, really fun and exciting seasons from game one to game 82 that in re- recent memory and and hopefully it'll culminate in a chip at the end of the the playoffs um, but if not i think we can still chalk the season up to some success really looking forward to it can't wait the offseason dragged on for so long and i'm just glad that we have even preseason basketball to watch yes uh thank you adam thanos bushman uh for the balance talk but um yeah <laughs> and now yeah. we snap that's a that's a Marvel joke that I'm uh we'll have to explain to Adam after the podcast because he he hasn't watched Marvel movies yet. Snap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Adam was right. Like uh really th- there's a lot of people out there who are championship or bust, but man, just already this offseason, I think the Jazz have won with the acquisitions they made and how excited they got jazz fans for the season. That yeah, maybe they won't win a championship this year. Uh you know, maybe they won't do as well as some jazz fans think, but man, if they, the, the ride has been so good so far and we haven't even played one game yet. And it's probably the most, one of the most exciting times uh, to be a jazz fan, in my opinion, uh, this year. And that's, that's just from the off season moves. And so I think Adam's right. So uh, thanks for sharing that perspective with us, Adam. Yeah, no problem. And, and spot on who uh, I'm so excited. Who, <laughs> cannot cannot stop looking at at the name on the screen and and saying Hugh. So I will get it right by the time we go to the Bucks game. Promise. Oh no, I I, I think you've hit it right every time. It's uh it's just it's a running joke that Jared and I have now. So yeah. Well, I mean his uh his other co- his co-host on one of his other podcasts, like she she said to me in person, like I can't I don't listen to that podcast anymore because you call him Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> and so like ever since then i've been i've been pretty consistent on, on saying who yeah Hugh. but the actual adam if you're interested there's an old podcast where, where hugh talk who talks about the actual pronunciation of his name it's on the it's on the gary unicorn pod and he goes who and that's the actual way that you say his name in, in the beginning 
but thank you guys for um, uh, coming on again. Follow Jabber underscore Jazz on Twitter. Uh, you can see his. Uh, you can hear, listen to his podcast. I believe on all major podcast platforms. I'm um, uh, just search Jabber Jazz uh, in the and um, uh, go listen. To it. It, it was great. I listened to a couple episodes uh, just last week. Uh, uh, he usually, I think, you released your episodes on Saturdays, uh, Adam. Yes, every Saturday morning. And big thanks to you who for for listening. I really appreciate it. No, no, thank you. I mean, I, I, I'm always, I'm always here for more jazz content. So, and I, I'm serious. Let's get together for a game. Let's start our own podcast network. Let's play some fantasy basketball and football together. So, uh, all right, guys, thanks for hitting the high notes with us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.